Regina Nissan, the presenting sponsor of Off the Hustle Podcast. And this month, you can get into the all-new Nissan during the all-in clear-out event. Finance a 2021 Nissan Murano during the month of October for 0% for 60 months. Or check out and pre-order the redesigned 2022 Nissan Pathfinder. With Regina Nissan, you don't have to wait for a vehicle. Come down and take the delivery of your new Nissan today. Make sure to head on down to Nissan Regina at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan, or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 98. My name is Drew Kosher, I'm your host. Joined by Stat Guy Rip. Turn Rip on your... Kosh, what is going on, my guy? Sunday. Yeah. Sunday recording. Sundays. We're battling over here, but it's... uh, Yeah, I'm excited to be back. 98. Bedard. Bedard. Episode 98. Pulley Pulley Young, young oh, Pulley Arby. Young Pulley Arby, yeah. Yeah. 98, yeah. We're close to Hundy, but uh, no Troy today. Full agenda. Lots of stuff to cover. Sargachev. And, uh, <laughs> and a great guest. Uh, okay, first we get going here. Have to mention this is a Nissan-driven podcast. Number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle-related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time today to make the switch to drive Nissan. All right, Rip. Lots to chat about here. Uh, we had our Northern Swing this past weekend. You were at home taking on the University of Manitoba. Uh, there's some golf still going on as we're recording this. Or is it over now? Probably over it's now. Done. Uh, lots of NHL hockey, Western League stuff. Baseball's over. NFL, I don't don't even know who's playing. So every team it's it, Sunday. Yeah, every team's playing Sunday. So uh, <laughs> anyhow, what's up with you? What's going on? What's uh, what's new? Uh, nothing. Just finished up a big weekend sweep. Not a big deal. Wagon. Uh, yeah, wagon. Cougs are hot. Head to Vancouver next weekend to play Trinity Western. New team, right? Yeah, it's a new team. Excited. It's our favorite road trip is heading out to Vancouver. What do you guys have planned up there? Play two hockey games. Nothing else? <laughs> Play two hockey games. <laughs> We're just here, so I don't, I don't find. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll talk logistics after. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you have to Vancouver for two games. You guys fly in, right? Fly in yeah, right? we fly in. We'll fly in on Thursday. That must be a treat. Yeah. Like show guys fly in Thursday, play Friday. That's sick. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I'm looking at this treadmill right now <laughs> just reminded me of uh blades of glory oh yeah <laughs> <With my hums. laughs> you didn't see shit yeah. throw me one of those rolls <laughs> my humps my humps my lovely lady lumps uh-huh. will ferrell what a weapon okay uh walk us through the games he has won two was it three one and three two we won first game three two we were down two nothing after one and we were like we we're out I wouldn't say we're all playing, but we're playing well. I yep. got the worst voice cracks right now. That's all right. You sound loaded. Yeah. 
But it was like playing well. Their first goal. Um, Brett Davis played a little played a, played a couple years pro. Just came down and snapped one, and it was, it was like, whoa. Yeah, he's played there. Pro guy, yeah, you're like, whoa, fuck. And then they score just a shitty one where it's like a hits, hits holds, and rolls up, roll, goes, rolls down his back kind of thing. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, uh, the like, old spider girl. Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, just like go into the period. We're like, fuck, we're, we're better than these guys. And score three in that second period and up 3-2 going to third and just hang on and played a good road game at home. <laughs> down down two nothing after one. And then uh the other road games at home. Yeah. <laughs> then the Saturday game, we uh up two nothing. They score early uh early third, so like, all right, we're in one. Davis again, that kid snaps one. Shocker. Yeah. And then uh yeah, hanging on. I, I end up bearing another empty netter. <laughs> empty net king. Empty net assassin. <laughs> Hottest I don't, twig in the leader now. I, I don't miss. I'm like Phil Kessel. Shouldn't be out there, but he's going to score an empty netter, so he just throws him out there. Buried at top corner until I saw the goal. Yeah. How are you? In and out. What, um, okay, so you have, you guys are now what, three? Three and five. Three and five, okay, so now you're battling here, and then you're going on the road for two. Yep. You know, how do you guys match up against Trinity Western? Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Never played them before. They're 0-6, so... Don't take them lightly. Yeah, don't take them lightly, but, you know, if we can get rolling here, get back to 500, like, we were struggling. We played, well, we were playing two of the best teams in the country for the last month. To open it up, yeah. That's yeah, always fun. Yeah, well, great. <laughs> and, yeah, we've been battling ever since and playing well, so just trying to ride the wave. Roll Cougs. Roll Cougs. Roll Tad. Roll Tad. Go Tagas. <laughs> so, um, Storm, Northern Swing. Yeah. Tough one Friday night. Ran into a hot goalie. Hot team. They won six straight. Good for them. Uh, a tough one. Always tough to lose a good game when you play hard. Lost yeah. 4-2. Rallied the next day. Almost put up 60 shots. Ran into another hot goalie. Ended up winning 6-3. Split the weekend. Coming home. Still top of the, the leaderboard to south. How are you? Not a big deal. So Storm's uh, you know playing well. We have uh, you know we have a week off, though. We don't play until Saturday this this upcoming week. We have two practices and see where we go from there. Yeah, get back at her. Get back at it. Back in the back to the helm. Back in the helm. Darren Helm. You played home, right? Yeah, home Saturday night. Yeah. No, oh, no, no. Sorry, oh, on the road Saturday. Inner Giant though. Oh. So. That won't be here. No. <laughs> I'll text you after. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, quickly chat about uh, last week's podcast. Ron Stewart talked to some guys. They loved it. Yeah. Stu. Weapon, Stu telling stories. Uh, he was good. He's uh, like we said last week. He's provincial champ and all the decades, and he's done everything. And yeah, a lot of fun with that one. People enjoyed it. So uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, Stu's a Sask legend. Yeah, and a golfer. So. Yeah. Oh. So wait, wait. From where? <laughs> Saskatchewan. Oh, from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. We watched Slap Shot on the Way Home from Moose Jaw. I'm going to wiggle out there, Tom. I'm going to wiggle out. <laughs> yeah, so, Ron, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. Had a lot of fun with that one. Um, okay. Hockey talk here. Let's do that first. We're doing your golf first. We go hockey. We'll do hockey. We're on hockey. All right. Who's hot? Who's not? Uh, what's going on in the, in the NHL? Dude, leaves are buzzing. They are, yep. It was the end of the world like a week and a half ago. 
Yeah, fire everyone. Yeah, fire everyone. Get rid of Dubis. Get rid of Sheldon, Keith. Tavares, Matthews. Yeah, blow trade, it up. trade Matthews, trade Marner. Rebuild. To the best line in the league right now. <laughs> so they're winning. They beat Buffalo on the road, right? Yep. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10. I don't worry. Yep. Yeah. Florida's still hot. 10-2 and 3. 7-0 and oh at home. It's tough. That Florida, is tough, Florida yeah. flu. Florida flu. 7-0 and oh at home. Oilers still hot right now. I, yeah. You know, with our guests, we talked about it. I, I'm still not I'm not convinced the rotating is there. And, and he made a good point today. He goes, if I'm looking at every goalie in the league right now, you don't think Ken Holland's looking at, at, at every goalie? Yeah. They're going to make some moves at they, the deadline. I mean, they haven't been playing. Mike Smith hasn't been playing. That's that's their number one. Yeah. And then they got the worst backup in the league. <laughs> yeah. With Koskinen and then uh, Stu. Skinner. Skinner. He's He's got some game time. What uh, Ovechkin passes NHL great Brett Hall. Brett Hall. So yeah. is he fourth all time now? Yep. Always going to do it. People, oh, absolutely. People that don't think he's going to do it, he's going to do it until he's 50 if he yeah, has to. No question he's going to do it. He's, and he's going to age well. He's a horse. Yeah, he's only got 12 goals in 14 <laughs> games. He's not aging well at all. Yeah, he's for sure going to be the, the all-time leading goal scorer by the end of his uh, career. How about Drat has 28 points in 13 games? Yep. Leading the league right now. 14 goals in 13. Oh, and who's next? McDavid, the cheese, <laughs> McCheese. McCheese. What? Uh, how, about, how about this for Ovi though? Plus twelve. Remember else? the one year he scored fifty goals when it was like minus thirty. <laughs> <laughs> All offense. He was yeah. Charlie Conway. That's the funny. That's unbelievable. Well, yeah. What? Uh, the Wings are hot right now. Uh, what was their last ten? I know. I know they're playing well. You know, and they're grinding. You know, their team's not great, but they're they're finding a way. Wings are five, four, and one in the last ten. It's pretty good. Yeah, they. Uh, I saw that overtime game where Larkin scored. That Here's was sick. What? He's a stud, dude. He skate, yeah. He skates so well. Oh yeah, he's a horse too. Yeah. He's fuck he's got an edge to him right now too. Like he's tilting and he's running like, guys. He's like Shanahan. He's suckering guys. <laughs> what um how's, how's Philly doing right now? Just got Kevin Hayes back in the lineup. Hazy. Where's the Philly? Philadelphia Flyers. Right there. Seven, is that right? Seven, four, and two. It's not bad. You know, they're going to be all right. That'd be good. That video of Hazy and Yandel is so funny. Post on my Insta. Two good dudes. That's my guy. <laughs> my guy. So funny. Two good dudes. What, um, okay, let's uh, rip off some, Yeah, I don't know if you have any scores there, but have you have you watched much Western Hockey League lately? Um, I watched a little bit. Tuesday, I watched... Uh, well, Linder's bros in town, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I went and watched. I went to Moose and watched Keiko on Tuesday. And then he, um, I got a picture with him after the game. This kid's 16 years old and like three inches bigger than me. Really? Yeah. Well, it helps that your mom's six foot one, but. <laughs> yeah. And your dad's five one. <laughs> Fucking Ash. Um, he's, he's, he's a horse, dude. This, he's going to be special. He's better than Cole at that age, obviously. But Cole broke a record. Um, when he when he was sixteen in midget, so um both talented players obviously. Yeah, they're yeah. both really good. Um yeah, Keiko played well, had one apple. Um Red Deer's gonna be good. Oh yeah. Every D man's six foot two on their team. And I saw Drew Kosher at the WHL. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a text. That was giggling. <laughs> I was Brent Sider, we were waiting for Keiko down under and 
Brent Sutter walks right by me and me and Todd are like, hey, coach, coach. <laughs> Brent Sutter. We need that guy in the podcast. Yeah. That guy would be a legend on here. Yeah, I don't think he'd say anything. Hey, no. Brent, how's it going? Good. <laughs> well, he was good on TikToks, though. Might have been one of the best interviews ever. Really? I, oh, yeah, it was great. Um, okay, what else we got here? I'm trying to think. Western League. Sass Jr., your old team. That's fan buzzing. Hot. Hot right now. What are now. they, 14-4 and four right now or something like that? And they were like 9-1 in the last 10 or something? Yeah, they were. Dude, they were like 4-4 four and four or something like that or 3-4 and four or I don't know, something stupid. Yeah, they're playing well. They played like shit at the SJ Showcase. They didn't play well. They lost to LaRange twice. LaRange is one of the worst teams in the league now. One of the worst records since. So. Yep. Me and my dad were talking about it, and he's like, fuck, could you imagine if we just, just played normal and beat yeah. them? and Showed up. They'd be, yeah, they'd be shit-kicking the whole league right now. But Yeah, oh, they're hot right now, playing well. They had a war against uh, Humboldt last weekend, I believe. Humboldt's strong, too. No, they're a yeah. top team in the CJHL as well. How about Perky? Is oh. he Perky? He's getting a D1 Scully. He's ripping it up. 17-year-old ripping up the SJ. Underage, ripping it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, let's go to some golf talk. Uh, Houston Open this past weekend. Uh, was it Co-Crack, your winner? Yeah, Co-Crack won at minus 10. Well, who's next, you know? Um, Scotty Scheffler, I believe. Scotty. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler at minus eight. And then Tway. Nice. Kevin? Kevin Tway. Uh, also at minus eight. Yeah. Joel nice. Damon, top five, T5. He's the a man. Beauty. He's we, a we beauty. Him on the show. He'll be. See my name? What? See my name? It's because I'm a pro. <laughs> Bag. On his bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Canadians. Canadians. Uh, Hughes. Canadians. <laughs> Hughes, T29, shot even on the weekend. And then Taylor, T41, a plus two. There it is. Yeah, a couple more. Matt Wolf with his first career race. Really? Yeah, Taylor May guy. <laughs> Nine iron from 187 yards out. I'm like, Nine iron. I'm hitting a 600 cut yeah. pull. Yeah. <laughs> Snap <Pulled> luck. <laughs> Chunk, good for him. Yeah. Okay. What uh, what else you want to got here? We gotta go to the quick segment here. Dude, where's your car? Turner, where was your car this past weekend? It was at my house. No way. Yeah. Well, we had a big weekend and wow. Made, made my made my parents drive forty five minutes to the south end to drop me because <laughs> <laughs> I we had Cougar Cubs this Sunday morning, so I had to have my car because I had to go to the rink and skate with little kids for two hours. Just wait until well, I had a pumpkin head. <laughs> So Cougar Cubs in the morning. Yeah. No, no. Um, you weren't looking for your car to sleep over. It's positive. Yeah. Okay. So I'm growing up. The, you're growing up. You're really doing it now. Look at me. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, thunk it. What uh, What else we got here before we send her off to our listener? Uh, I don't know. I don't got much. I'm gonna check the topics here. Let's just check her out here. Yeah. See if we got anything. Went writing in. How about Jayhan? Thought your brother was you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was going to say something. Like, Calder couldn't make it the picture day, so I went for him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. That's the wrong account. Oh, here we go. We got something here. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. Oh, I, just uh, Brandon Holpe. Cougs are a wagon. That's oh, yeah. That's we need to have on the podcast, yeah. too. I, I know I told him. Guy got a little busy. Uh, holds. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably just brought him over today. Yeah. Come on over and. Sitting here, and yeah. We'll chatter up. Me and him went out for a beer after a Friday game at Leo's. Mm, shocker. 
Yeah, me and him, roommates <laughs> on the road. Oh. And home. And home, yeah. <laughs> Step brothers. Yeah, Holtz is a beauty. I'm so I'm I'm pretty proud of him, dude. He he uh he had the grind growing up in minor hockey. He was never really given oh, yeah. much and I used to just snipe on Holtz yeah, all the time. No, Holtz. He's, and he's shutting out the best team in the world. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like his numbers weren't even that great midget and bounced around a junior and kind of found a spot at U of R, had to grind for a couple of years, and now he's breaking records and playing every game. So, yeah. Holt's proud of you, buddy. Yeah, it must be nice. He's on the payroll of the Cougs there, so it's good. He's <laughs> yeah. getting paid lots. <laughs> yeah. Okay, our guest today, episode 98, uh, in the business of 20 years, broadcasting, covering the game, sports, been to Spender Cups, he's at TSN, that's hockey. Uh Sirius XM Channel 91. I listen every day. Ironic. And this is why his podcast is fun because it's a guy you listen to and, you know, you love what he listens to on the radio, right, kind of thing. And shit, we had a good talk today. You know, you could make it, obviously, you have to do that. Cougar, uh, what is it called? Cougar Cubs. Cougar Cubs. Um, so it was me and, me and Steve Coolius. What a weapon this guy is. Steve O. We had a, a Han Solo interview, one on one, 57 minutes. Um, chatted hockey. Chad a little golf. He broke, he broke 90 ones. Shot 89. Had a tough course. He, he called it a real course. A real course. So. <laughs> but, no, he's good. Has a podcast of his own with uh, Craig Button, friend of the show. Um, Rip, anything before we send over to Steve Krulius? I got nothing. All right. Here's Steve Krulius. We hope you enjoy it. Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle. Engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter and Buck shares their commitment to sustainability, with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter and Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter and Buck on all their social media platforms. All right, we're pleased to have on today from Toronto, Ontario, a Canadian television anchor, longtime radio host uh, on Sirius XM Radio Channel 91. Been covering sports for over 20 years. Um, after all that, we're pleased to have on today. I'm really excited for this one, uh, Steve Coolius. Drew, how are you? Glad to be here. What's happening? What's happening? Ah, not, a, not a whole lot. Like I was just saying off the record, we know we got home last night late, 3 a.m., so a uh, long road trip home, and uh, the boys, uh, no, no, none of that. The boys uh, split the weekend, so I was happy with that. So it's, it's a tough road trip going on the road, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm exhausted, but I was not missing this one today. How's uh? How is it? I mean, everyone who loves and knows junior hockey, you know, it's just, there's nothing like it. I, I was on the buses with Mark Savard and Drew uh, and um, uh, Jeff Ware, John Tripp, uh, Stan Butler, and did the general's play-by-play. It's I'm so to go to the small town Ontario. You go to Western Canada. It's great. It's it's a great life experience, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I joined uh, you know Care River, Saskatchewan, Prince Albert. I mean, we're you know we play at a Pilot Butte, Saskatchewan. Ten minutes outside Regina, so you know the guys like it, and you know we got guys from all around the. Know, province on our team so for them to see new ranks and it, it, it's always fun for sure it's uh nothing better than getting on the bus and traveling with your teammates and the boys it's awesome yeah, it's awesome yeah I, I love it hockey what would we do without it it's people don't get it the other sports don't get it they don't get it it's uh it's just in the blood it's in the blood people say 
hockey, family, country. That's how we believe in that order almost. You know what I yeah. mean? We're not insulting our families. We're just <laughs> we're saying this matters too much, this Absolutely. sport, right? All right, Steve. Okay, I want to first, uh, before that I said, I want to mention, I appreciate coming on. Uh, I was super excited that, you, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to get, you know, you big dogs on these shows and, you know, I appreciate you coming on. So um, first, how are things with you? What's going on? Uh, what, what's up? Well, uh, year seven of Sirius XM, uh, the radio business has been uh, very good for lifestyle and family and probably even security too. Let's be honest, you know, the Bell and Rogers machines uh, have taken a hit over the last few years. So it's good to be kind of under the league umbrella. And instead of kind of, you know, getting home at three in the morning and getting up at noon, it's good to be home in the hockey basement, just watching hockey with a few, uh, you know, a few cold uh, Sapporos now, I think looks like I'm making a connection with these guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to let them know how much I love them. Uh, the big boys, uh, you know, they've already been accounted for, but so it's great. I got two daughters in university. The oldest one is almost done. So it's the reality of the real world as a young conservative. And uh, my other daughter's at Guelph and she's playing well as a Sam Gerard defenseman undersized. Nice. And yeah. Yeah. And they got a great team, great coaching staff. Uh, Scott Driscoll, the former NHL linesman of over a thousand games is on the bench. He's one of the coaches of the team. So oh. uh, the, the connections are unbelievable. Like again, small town drive to the games, watch the games, uh, hockey, hockey, hockey. So it's good. Uh, my wife's a superstar. She does everything around here. I pass her the tools and she fixes things. So she's, she's, <laughs> He's Mrs. Chips, uh, and like very blessed and lucky. Looking forward to Christmas, uh, and it's hockey around the clock, my friend Drew. I love it. I love it. I love it. No kidding. Well, I want to bring this up because we talked about it off the record, and I hear it every day on the radio. Um, I thought you were kidding. You you come home, but if you watch games, you'll you'll record and watch all the games and get all your notes for the week. Yep, and um, I run the I run the games the way they would run at the time. So last night I. You know, I went to the Guelph game. They played Waterloo, lost 4-3. Waterloo might be the best team in the nation. I come back home, and I actually wrote, hit the 6.30 button. I taped Hockey Central, and I was watching that. And then, you know, then I fast-forwarded. It didn't have my attention. Sorry, guys. So I went right to 7 o'clock and then started watching the game. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, that whole thing, and that leads into overtime in the Jets game. Shifley scores. Overtime in the Detroit game. Larkin scores. So at that point, my clock is really, you know, 1242 but it's 943 in the in the yeah. video world and then i see the larkin goal i see that then i then i hit you know play on the vegas vancouver and i'm watching that two 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 vegas wins seven four now i can open up the laptop on some other notes because i i want to feel how i i don't want to just go in the highlights yeah so then i do that because people say dave reed was on the other day and he was talking to people at nhl network and he says what you see is what you get. Like, this isn't a facade. When I take an assist away from a player like Troy Terry, I'm not, it's not anything against Troy Terry. Yeah. It was an unassisted goal, right? On the play, Ryan O'Reilly or whoever, David Perron falls down, passes the puck to Sonny Milano. He scores. They gave two assists. And I'm watching the watchers, Jerry. I'm watching the watchers. I see, and then they take it away. The, the league takes it away. I know what the league office are probably going, hey, Everyone needs to watch. Everyone needs to pay attention. I love the X's and O's, the rules, the passion, all that kind of stuff. Like I said, thank God I'm a country boy. Loving no kidding. That's yeah. unbelievable. I love it. Well, we can't have people getting all those chilled, chilled points. So I see it enough <laughs> around here. So that's a good call. I like that one. I like that. Yeah. 
All right, Steve, let's, uh, I always do this on this podcast. You know, we're almost at episode hundred. This is crazy. It's, too, it's, if you would have asked me this, uh, 98 episodes ago, if I'd be here, no, no chance. So I, I'm appreciating all the, the great guests. Uh, so you today, again, another one, uh, let's talk about growing up in the GTA area, uh, Toronto, um, hobbies, sports, what we up to as a young Steve Coolius. Well, my memory begins when I was four and we had a party at our house and it was, uh, the summit series was on. So this was September 2nd. This is when I remember it was packed. Smoke, Rothman cigarettes uh, filled the air. Molson Stockdale, stubby bottles. And, you know, I was born in Canada. My parents weren't. They came and just fell in love with hockey. They just did what everybody else was doing, and they loved it. It was soccer on ice, but way more entertaining and way more physical and less yeah. flopping. Oh, we get flopping now. But we never had flopping back then. And I fell in love with the game. This is what the kids on the street were playing. And, you know, Phyllis Bazito and Bobby Clark and – you know, Ken Dryden, Tony Esposito, God rest his soul, all that stuff. And Yvonne Cornway, who I thought I'd be like because I was small and fast, I thought. And I just fell in love with the game, started playing road hockey, which led to real hockey. And that's where I met friends. Like, if, if you, someone's not associated with playing hockey, like, I have no friends outside of hockey. There's no, look, I'm not friends with John Smith, and he doesn't like hockey. And talk to the hand. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> work that way. So that's how it started. Obviously, I wanted to grow up and be, captain of an NHL team. And if that didn't work, broadcasting, Foster Hewitt, you know, uh, uh, Dave Hodge, all that stuff. So I put all my eggs in that basket. My dad had a furniture store. I didn't want to sell furniture. I didn't want to repair furniture. I didn't want to do anything with furniture. The furniture store did well. Thank God, dad, you did that. And then he went to Moscow for the summit series. So he was there for games five, six, seven, and eight. Wow. I watched it with my mom after morning kindergarten and it was great. And I said, well, what's next? And they said, the National Hockey League. So I've been a fan of the league ever since I was four and everything I've done, whether it's trips, whether it's going to Ryerson for broadcasting, whether it was trying to play, uh, whether it's my career has always centered uh, Spangler cup has always centered around the game of hockey. That was my life as a first generation immigrant in Scarborough, Ontario. And now I live in Whitby, Ontario, Joe Newendike, Gary Roberts, uh, you know, I don't leave anybody out the foots. Uh, James Neal, my buddy, he's a neighbor, lives down the street. Well, he doesn't live there. His house is empty. Uh, <laughs> what else is down here? Uh, all that type of connection. Oh, uh, Cole, uh, Cole Perfetti now. Uh, Brooklyn, wow. right, right up the street. So we have a little hockey factory going on here. That's awesome. I love it. And I love your passion, too. Unbelievable. Let's go. <laughs> okay, you. so you mentioned playing hockey a little bit. Did, did you play at a high enough level there, Steve, or no? Did you play so high? My dad, you know, uh, you know it's, he worked all the time. Like, he... That's what you got to do. The furniture store was open six days a week. And then back in the day, Sunday shopping uh, was new. You know, people wanted Sunday shopping. So then he had to stay open. So he literally was open every day. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he was there every day. My grandfather helped him a rare, maybe an, a, an appointment or something. He would leave. He did come when I was playing um, in Cedar Hill, when I was playing at a young age. So he came Saturdays when he could to watch me play. Saw me score my first goal for Highland Farms. I was just house lead. But I was behind what we what back then we used to say the English kids. That's just what yeah. people said. So, you know, and uh, with my olive skin, so I was kind of different, you know what I mean? So, but but I was catching up, catching up, catching up. And then I caught him kind of at high school, played high level high school, uh, uh, high school hockey was big here. And that gave me tryouts to what is now provincial junior A, but was junior B, Vaughn. Uh, Kings or Raiders it was. Wexford junior B was big. That's Dan Butler's team, he had a dynasty. Uh, which now would be provincial junior A, which is great. Tier two, you know, yeah. the OG, yeah. they call it. 
So I played some exhibition games there. And then I was scouted for my high school team, Ryerson Canadian college. And they recruited me. I was going to Ryerson anyway. So I played my first year there. And the problem was there was no synergy between school and classes. And back to my immigrant story, my dad was paying. I was failing. You know, my English teacher said, you're failing. I said, yeah, but I'm playing hockey. And she said, what's hockey going to get you? Probably nothing. Yeah. You're here for broadcasting, right? Like she was an old, she never even got up. She was like three feet high. But that <laughs> resonated with me. And I would have loved to play second and third year and maybe been the captain and gone out and all that stuff too. It's, there was just no synergy. Like practice is at 11 o'clock at night and an English class at eight in the morning. And I, to save money, stayed at home and commuted with my dad. So the sad part was I had to, you know, okay, you know what? No more hockey at high level and then to work. So from Ryerson right to TSN in four days after graduating and I've been working ever since. Wow, that's wild. Okay, well, that leads to my next question. Uh, getting into the business of journalism and broadcasting, was it TSN first job right away? Uh, so I, I volunteered at Scarborough Cable, you know, those community access channels. And literally, like Wayne's World, <laughs> it was like that. I was the host of the Thursday Night Sports Talk Show, and I got Mark Hebsher and Paul Tracy as a guest. And Paul was an up-and-comer back then. And I was, uh, you know, I followed him. He's from Scarborough. I'm from Scarborough. He was just a nerdy kind of chubby kid. And our, our producer back there, Roland Borschford, who's probably I give the most credit to for making it. You know, we just we did stories on people from Scarborough. Oh, Rick Tockett's coming to town. Peter Zezel, we'll, we'll, we'll get these guys. And we did show, it, what we did there was really amazing. And I, I kind of miss it. Um, so at Ryerson, I, I, I pushed TSN. I pushed and I said, well, what, what year are you in? I said, first year, first day. Talk to us in year three. I, I stayed on them. I stayed on them. I stayed on them. And finally, they probably said, we're going to hire this guy to shut him up. I wrote my last exam April 27th. I was 22. On May 1st, I started TSN full-time, and I've been full-time TSN score, back to TSN, Sirius XM, and a whole bunch of other freelance things in between. That's unbelievable. That's awesome. Well, the passion is there. And that's what I want to ask next. Like, was there, like, obviously there's a passion right away. Like you love the game. I, I hear it every day. Like you, you don't, there's not a day that I listen. You're like, so the NHL last night was uh, you know, a lot of fun and you know, all right, OB, what do you think? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like you're always into it. Even, you know, you're talking to a plumber right now, like me and you're into it. So, you know, the passion was there. I mean, walk us through that. Well, I think that's from playing. So um, I, I don't think, I ever had, I mean, maybe one or two games, and my grandfather took to me to God rest his soul, most of my games, that he ever was ever um, disappointed in effort or whatever. So I, I, I just said, they're coming to watch and whatever, you, you give it your all. And um, yeah. when, the, when the red light goes on, it's showtime, it's go time. The puck goes in the corner with a six foot four defenseman. I'm getting that puck or I'm going to die trying. So when the red light's on, somebody could list for the first time. So you give it your all. And that's what it, it came from playing. You play ball hockey, you drop, puck goes into the corner or, you know, car or whatever. When it starts, it's goal. Like, I'm, not, I'm not here for fooling around here. Fun is winning and competing and trying your hardest. It's okay to lose, but how did you lose? You lose because you didn't Absolutely. try? Because you weren't on? To, it's one thing if you were banged up or you're sick or whatever. But the idea is it's goal time and it's show time. Imagine even coming on here like this. Yeah, Drew, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was a guy that's way before your time that I would watch because he was retiring as I started in 
like uh, delivering the newspaper, Toronto Sun, was Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson was a brilliant entertainer and showman. And he would say to people in documentaries afterwards, do the people who come on my show understand that they're, it's showtime? Like they get a big actor and like a guy like Robin Williams would come on and be Robin Williams and he'd be great. Or others would come on and almost act like the red light's not on. And Johnny Carson would say later, listen, listen, yeah. It's, you're on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, coast to coast, 30 million viewers. It's go and showtime all the time. So if you're going to go on, you're going to perform. Absolutely. And not fake perform. If, if, you, if you are, I know most people are who they really are. So if it's go time and showtime, that's what you do it. So w- what I stem from is the ready, three, two, one, the red light's on, it's go. And, and when the puck drops, it's go. Anything else, I have no time for that. So when I see laziness, you know, with a hockey player or something, I understand execution. There's there's effort and execution. Let's not confuse effort. Three games in four nights, the gas tank's empty. The guy's trying, oh, that's different. Execution's different, right? Effort is unacceptable. And, and, and that's what I say with my kids. I never had a problem with my younger daughter, Jessica. Jack, at times, she was a little McGillney. You know, it was, <laughs> wow, what a goal. And then, you know, so with her, I had to stay on her a little bit more. Um, but I think when you're on the respect, I, you know, I, I would be no respect if I didn't respect you or my listeners by not showtime is go time. And I hope that's a good answer to your question. That's a great, I might cut that for my team. Not that my team doesn't do that, but I mean, it's perfect though, because I mean, like showing up and being ready to go, whether it's hockey or a job or your teacher, if you just walk out and be like, all right, guys. Great day today. We have class all day. Well, like, like, like there's, there's nothing there, right? Like, how does the energy feed, feed off that too, right? When especially when you're leading it, no one's gonna care, right? So I think right. a lot of energy coming from the other side, the other side too, is right. So, no, great point. Uh, Steve, Toronto, GTA area. Are you a Leafs fan growing up? I'm neutral on the air, as you know, Drew. I'm neutral <laughs> on the air. Uh, everyone, Bob, I worked, name drop, I worked with Bob Costas during the uh, ALCS, uh, J's and A's. I was lucky to get that job. I was at, in Ryerson. I was working at Skydome, which was all the visiting teams had, they gave them a crew. Here's your, you know, they brought their own, usually director, producer, but to save money for visiting teams, the Skydome had a beautiful broadcast studio. And they wanted to have everything you need. Oh, you need a, you need this, you need a stats guy, you need a camera guy. They had everything for them. So I got in luckily with a friend of mine, uh, John Johnson was his name and he was great. We worked at, he was at Ryerson together. He got hired first and they said, oh my God, we need a stats guy. He phoned me, you know, the old rotary, you guys don't know, phone, oh, busy. I got to call him back, phone me. Steve, I don't care what you're doing tomorrow. Be at the Sky Dome, June 5th, opening of the Sky Dome at 10 o'clock. They need a stats guy. Bring your calculator and a notepad. What am I doing? You're working for Milwaukee Brewers, okay? So I go down there. I meet Bob Euchre, the broadcast crew, and they say, Steve, you know baseball? And back then I did. And he said, yep, you're the stats guy. And I said, okay. And I had some things I prepared anyway, but the Blue Jays and the Brewers and stuff like that. I actually brought a program for one of my first baseball games, Milwaukee Brewers, $1 program. Sixto Lescano was on the cover, so they were impressed with that. And Bob Euchre, he loved me, and he just went, I did, so I'm giving, you, back then you have a notepad, you have, you have your notes, and you, like this, you got your notes, so it's, uh, the old you write a note, 
Yep. And you just, you give it to him. Yep. You give it to him. He looks at, he might use it or not. And then he says, um, you know, the roof takes 20 minutes to open here at the sky dome and cannot be open without the umpire's consent. And they're like, wow, that's great stuff. Where'd you get that? And he goes, well, I just prepared before. And he looks at me, winks like, you know, because <laughs> you know, he's with the guy on the air, the play-by-play guy, and he's doing it. And then when it was over, he said, kid, we'll see you tomorrow. And it was huge money back then, like 15 bucks an hour when I was 21, 150 bucks guaranteed 10 hour day. Wow. Back then in the day. So I was like, oh, I, I'll be here with bells on. And then I, I so that's kind of how I, I, I started um, doing some freelance work and, and being involved. Um, but Bob Costas, when I met him, he said, let's be honest, we're all fans. If you're not a fan, forget it. The key is you're harder on your own team. And, yeah. and uh, you don't wave the flag. So I've been harder. I admit it. Everyone's a fan. We all know secretly that we are. And, and, and of course I was, you know, I went to games, I lined up on the st- uh, street for tickets, uh, all that kinds of stuff. So everyone's a, put it this way. If Canada's playing the U S you think the Canadian media is not cheering for team Canada and the U S media is not cheering for the States. Give me a break. So it's about yeah. how you evaluate, articulate and stay neutral or harder on your team than ever. So yeah, I mean, the Sittler's, Salmings, McDonald's, uh, the Gilmore era. I was at Barshevsky's game. The, the Barshevsky scored! Barshevsky, can you believe it? The Leafs have won it. They've upset the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman. Oh, baby. Bob Cole, like I was at that game uh, with my buddy Brian Mack, my best friend. And um, yeah, if, if, and I went to as many as you could go to because there's nothing like being at the game live. So that was special. Uh, the 80s were tough. I mean, it was pretty bad. And that yeah. was kind of my high school and, and era uh but it, it's great and it was uh it was a lot of fun see i used to be a big big detroit fan and like it helped that joey played like joey played there yeah. and, like, and they were good and like the, the way they you know obviously with no salary cap at the time they had guys like shanny and all those guys like shelly lindstrom the list goes on but i don't know what it is now maybe when i i used to scout for uh, iss international scouting service so we would do all the yeah. nhl rankings and it, it was just it was tough for like I felt like, okay, I'm, you know, listing this guy to be picked in the top 10, right? So, but I'm a Wings fan. How do you become a fan when you're, like, you're not working for a team, but you're working for, you know, the league, essentially. Like, you're you're putting guys in certain spots. So, I always felt it tough to be a fan still. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, I still like the team. I like the color. I've always loved the Wings, but, and then it didn't help that they got shitty for a few years. So, but, <laughs> so. Not, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I mean, I still, I, I love the game though. Love it. But I also watch hockey more so for all the teaching tools, power plays, PK systems. But I use a lot of video just for learning the game. But yeah. Anyhow, okay. I want to chat about who do you like this year? Stanley Capparetti. Who's hot? Who's not? What do you like? Let's get into the thick of things here, the NHL. Well, until we see Vegas at their full capacity, I mean, they're, they're looking good now. They've overcome woe is me. From the one and four start, a stone return last night looked good. So Vegas on March first will be wow, right? Eichel, Stone, Pacioretty, first line, the expansion line, Stevenson on the third line. Um, it's there. I, I think at that point we're going to really find out what they're all about. So we're, we won't judge them until then. But in the meantime, they got over woe is me, and they've reeled off. I think they're seven and two now in their last nine after their slow start. So. When everyone's back, I don't see how they're not the class of the West. Yeah. And Colorado is like, you know, they're, they're show me. It's, it's McKinnon's slow start and hurts. A lot of injuries. Bo Byram, I love him. Too bad about the elbow from Bo Horvat the other day. 
So I think the Avalanche are going to have to prove, you know, prove, prove, prove. Vegas might have to go through Edmonton, which I would like to think the Oilers are going to. Vegas, Edmonton, second round. Someone's going to cry and someone's going to be sky high. Like I'm, I'm kind of parking that to say if, if Edmonton or Vegas is one, one of them is two. Like if it's a one, four, oh boy. If Edmonton wins the division against Vegas as the four, because they've had all those guys yeah. in the whole year. Holy crap, Batman. Like that. So either team doesn't want to meet it in the first round, but if they meet in the second, like that's old school smite division, Calgary, Edmonton. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. The team that wins that Drew is gonna think, oh my God. Where Colorado's got to got St. Louis, I still like people haven't given them respect. Uh Minnesota, Winnipeg, Colorado, Nashville's playing well. That's a more smorgasbord. Like that's yeah. that's still good stuff in there. It's so hard to win. It's so hard to win one round. You need to win your first round, look around, and have eight teams left. So the drama that we're going to get in these playoffs, and I know it's November, but oh, my God, like this is going to be unbelievable. So I have a tougher time picking who comes out of the Central. I'd like to say who wins the Pacific, which could be Edmonton. I mean, playoffs, not regular season. Who wins that second-round series will go all the way to the Cup Final because until Colorado proves it. In the East, Florida's going to have to show me still. I like them. Tampa's banged up. They're not as good as last year. I think the Atlantic is open. Boston's worse. Boston's worse. Are the Islanders for real? It's Carolina for real. I think that there's more parity in the East and more favorites in the West. If I had to just guess right now and just guess, I'm going to make a safe bet and bet on Vegas. Because do the Oilers have the goaltending? Uh, is their defense deep enough? Can you go from winning no playoff series to winning four? Whereas Vegas is kind of heartbreak, heartbreak. And Eichel will help their four for 43 power play. Eichel oh, and yeah. Lemieux, are you talking about, you know, X's and O, you hear it on my show. And I say something sometimes to some of my guests, the NHLers, and I can hear them Googling. I, I'm thinking, you don't know about power play breakout. We got the double drop back. We got the wingers on the side. Now we're in. When we drop back, when Marner gets the Riley drop back, Marner has it. Matthews can either go behind him or they attack two on one. So when they at F1 attacks Marner, he passes to Matthews. Then they go Matthews. Matthews backhands it to Tavares. He goes in. He can rim it or he does the Gretzky delay. You guys don't know this stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you know, are you one three through the neutral zone on the, or, you know, at least they're doing a soft diamond right now where if camp is up, then 78 and eight are up. Uh, or one winger's up, one D is back. So they're now doing, you know, like it's right before the, you know. Yeah. What are you talking, Drew? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm saying, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, I know a lot I of my colleagues. It. I know colleagues that don't have any idea. I have one colleague that still says playing the point in the power play. No, that forward doesn't play the point. It's a one three one, one defenseman, four forwards, one three one, and who Two invented blanks. the one three one? If we've done it for about 10, who invented it? I'm asking NHL coaches. That's your homework assignment. I'm guessing it was like in the Swiss Tier 2 League. It was a lockout of 2013. Some North American coach or whatever then came back, and it started to evolve here, evolve. And everybody uses the same power play now, and power play numbers have never been higher. I love talking about that stuff because <laughs> when I was 10 or 12, I didn't get it. I yeah. didn't know it. You know. And then now that we see the evolving of the game, and we can discuss it, but if someone doesn't know, you can't talk to someone about plumbing when they don't know what a wrench is. Yeah. And I like that I know that aspect of the game as you do, because it started with Steve Ludzik and 
Derek, uh, Chris King and Kay Whitmore and Craig Button and Mike Johnson, and Mark Osborne and all those guys. And then, you know, you build and understand two on one. We are in a kids for your guys in the dressing room, two on one. We are in a fake shot pass Royal road league. What used to be bossy would shoot and score. We wind up now. If they take that pass away, we don't force the pass. Then I'm allowed to shoot. If I shoot there, the odds are 7.5% you'll score. The second you pass it over the Royal road, you go up 30%. So the receiver of the two on one has a 30% better chance of scoring than you do shooting at your spot. So don't be selfish. And if you are a left-handed shot here and a right-handed shot here, those odds are even higher. So I don't force a square pass round hole across, but if it's there, you wind up the defenseman and goalie bites goalie goes down. You send it over backdoor goal. That's the league we're in Royal road. Look it up. Steve Ballacat. Great stuff. That's the math behind why I pass on the two on one, not selfish kids. Is it me or is it we, who are you playing for me or we Royal road passing is we hockey which is winning hockey. Well, Steve, I'm just trying to get my guys to shoot far pad right now. <laughs> I'm two on one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that is See, right. That's the last resort, far pad. I, pad I, pad. Look at, I look at the pass. I look at shooting to score. Now, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not feeling this, and I'm going far pad. So that's pad all pass, part yeah. of which is my play, which is my play. Pass, yeah. shoot, pass out pad. Like Absolutely. all those options, you know? Hey, I wanted to ask, okay, so we, you mentioned it earlier, the Oilers. And obviously we all know that they're winning games and they're they're really playing with some su- success. They have two of the best players in the game, I think, right now. But you mentioned it. Do they have the goaltending to do this thing? But I, I really don't see it. I, I just don't. I really, I'm not I'm not a Crossington fan. I, I don't see it. Like Skinner, I watched for years in the Western League down here in Swift Kermit, he played. And I just don't know if uh, Crossington is the guy for them. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if at the trade deadline, the Oilers look around, Ken Holland looks around, and he sees, depending on the team and who's there, that he says, you know what? Now I'll throw a name up as an example. Maybe it's Jonathan Quick, right? And he tells Smitty, listen, we love you, but we're going to play both of you down the stretch. Koskinen has to go to even the money, right? And Koskinen's then expired. That three-year deal, Shirelli signed over. The Kings have to make a decision. And it would also be, you know, I'm not saying it's Yamamoto. It's going to be the Oilers have uh, prospects. It could be a first-round pick. But, you know, the Kings with Quick, hmm. They're moving on. He's 35, right? He'll be 36. Yeah, he's 35. Five million, um, but at that point it'll be one point two five on the cap. But because Koskinen goes and he's at four, it's a doable trade. So now it's quick for two years. Um, I'm using that as an example. I'm using quick Not a as bad an example. example. Well, and then we can look over and you can look at other teams. Like say Phillies, they're good now, but the the Metro's so tight. Say they yeah. start dropping off. The call goes to. Um, uh, Fletcher and it's and you say, how about Martin Jones? And you get Martin. I, I, I'm only you. I'm gonna say Martin Jones is the be all end all. You're you're not. You know if the lease fell out of it, maybe you get Peter Morazic. 
but he's got two years left, 3.8. I'm saying it's what is – there's a lot of goalies out there. What about right? Flurry? Does Flurry get moved? Okay, Flurry, Chicago's already shit the bed. Flurry is a big ticket, but then 7.5 would be like $2 million. You send money back. or what? You have to send Koskinen back, which would help. So Flurry for contenders who don't believe they've got a good goalie is a gamble, but probably a lesser gamble because he's Chicago will trade Marc-Andre Fleury this year for sure. The experiment hasn't worked. He hasn't done well. So you have to believe, do I believe in Fleury? Well, the quick cost is higher. Maybe quick doesn't want to leave. Maybe the Kings don't want to trade him. Maybe the Kings are saying we're in a playoff. Well, why would we trade Jonathan quick? So Fleury is not played well in front of a terrible defense. Has he really just lost it? Or do you think if you're now an Oiler fan, do you feel better going in the playoffs with Koskinen and Smith or Flurry and Smith? And you say, Smith, Smitty, it's yours. And then if Smitty falters, you at least have Flurry at a respectable, cheaper price. And I'm just kind of picking teams and looking at goalies. Like if, if Freddie's for real in Carolina, Anti Rant is also hurt. Maybe it's Anti Rant, but then Carolina's going to want a goalie. Yeah. So are they really going to trade anti-Ranta? Probably not. The Islanders and Rangers have two goalies that are untouchable. Like if you want, if you want your goalie, oh. right? Shesterkin's not going anywhere. If you want your gift, you have to pay. Like it's going to cost you. Uh, Arlamov and Sorokin is a great one-two punch. The Islanders aren't, aren't, aren't trading those goalies. So the Capitals need help. You know, what are you going to do? Let's just say that Fukali after one game is – is good enough to be the backup. Do you want Vanacek or Samsonov? I think they still believe in Samsonov. Maybe Vanacek's available. So you go get that. You understand? So I'm going through every team. Buffalo, would you want Craig Anderson at 40 and Mike Smith at 40 as your two goalies? Well, Anderson's played pretty good this year, but he gets hurt a lot. And Smith gets yeah. hurt. So you have two goalies there. So if I'm going through 32 teams and 64 goalies, so is Ken Holland. So I, I brought Quick up only because – Dennis Bernstein or LA guy said the Kings could really flip quick for something. Like yeah. If quick is this good, uh, they could get something for him. And Cal Peterson's the future anyway. So that's how I would look at the goalie situation, Drew, for the Edmonton. And if I'm doing it, I know my buddy Ken Holland. Congratulations, yeah. Hall of Fame. Ken Holland is doing it as well. Yeah, he's a legend. Okay, last one here. And I want to talk some golf and then do our questions for the gallery. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, let, let Again, this question is for the Leaf listeners. Is this a team that can get where they want to be? You know, the all or nothing last year didn't go as planned. Can they get out? Can they get in the playoffs? Can, can they win around? Can they get something? Well, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'd, I'd like to think even the uh, money puck analysis here is that they, they'd be in that 83.9 percentile. Um, they're, they're too good. I mean, Razik's hurt again. But when they have those two goalies, and, and right now Jack Campbell's playing out of his mind, and he's playing analytically way better than even a top 10 goalie in the league. Like he's playing, I think yeah. when I look, uh, Bobrovsky was statistically, like Vasilevsky's the best goalie, but right now it was Bobrovsky, uh, Shesterkin, uh, who else was in that category? Jack Campbell, uh, the, the goalies that were just playing unreal. And the eye test and the analytics kind of kind of backed them up. Now, Vasilevsky will get his game back. Hellebuck will get his game back. I, I really do believe that. We don't judge a, a team in November and say they're out of it, you know, this early in the season, unless we're not a fan of 
Montreal or Chicago hockey. So I look at it and say they'll be in, and then they could draw Tampa in the first round. So it's go time. You could draw Boston in the first round. You play Florida in the first round. They could be wild card two and have to flip over and play the Islanders or Carolina or something like that. I do believe they're going to finish second or third. I, I really do believe that. I think in a perfect world, they finish first and get Boston in a one-four matchup. Or if they won the conference, get a Philly or a Rangers in a one wild card two matchup. And if they finish first, that means they're they, they that good a regular season. But whatever they do, it won't matter unless they come out of the first round. If then they played the Rangers, and let's say both teams are good, you know, if they go head to head, is that a pick 'em series or the least like favorites? The least have home ice. Let's say it's the Rangers wild card two. Well, why couldn't the least win the series? And wouldn't you rather play the Rangers than? Tampa Bay or Florida or the Islanders of Carolina. So let's say they win the series of one versus a wild card two. Now they've got the mojo. Now the city's rocking. Now they're going and they get Florida or Tampa. Say it's Florida. Tampa loses to Florida. They got Florida. Yeah. Well, now they're going, they're going like, it's not as if Florida's the 77 Montreal Canadians. Yeah. Florida's good. But then the least would have beat the Rangers, which means that show me. So now it's like 93. Do they, they beat the Wings, they beat the Blues, then they got the Kings, or then they get Carolina. So really, it's like a tournament. Yeah, we could win, but we could lose. We could, we do have a good team, but it's not a, a superstar team. You know, it's about health. It's about all these things. So really, it's a lot of coin flips, I say. Like once, yeah. once you get in, 32 teams turn to 16. After two weeks, we're down to eight. I think when you look up and there's eight left, you, you can only play one of the four in the other conference, and that's at the end. So yeah. really, really, it's it's you and two other teams that you hope to eventually beat. So when I break it down like that, the way as a coach, and, and I taught my friends this, and this is the thing about, you know, and I've never pretended or, you know, maybe a little bit I've acted like I've known more people, only because I'm self-taught and I've been taught by other people. A hockey game in the NHL is four periods – it's 20 minutes till the first TV timeout. The first commercial break is first whistle under 14. That's not icing or a goal. Then from say there's a whistle at 1337 Then 1337 from the first whistle at 10. And then from that whistle till six. So a period's broken up into four, four. So we really play 12 periods, 12 periods. Yeah. So when we're playing, you can strategize for, you know, a zero-zero game goes end to end. Say Toronto and Montreal. Da 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 da. Whistles at twelve twenty-six. Price is playing great. You look up commercial break. Well, I'm, I'm coming out of this break, and I'm going to stack Tavares and Matthews and Marner and everybody else. And then you take that down to under ten, and there's another commercial break. You go to commercial break. You could play them again in theory. I mean, they wouldn't play the whole. Uh, yeah. Two, that you know. And I learned that from Pat Burns. And back in the day, the home team dictated when you went to commercial. And the story had it was a producer, his name was Mark Askin. He had a he had a buzzer and you know the, the beeper things or what the you know and yeah. Pat Burns did. So he would let him know that the next wish was a commercial. So he'd have Gilmore out before the commercial and after the commercial. So that would dictate playing your best players. So now we know all the it's uniform, you can't rig the system. You got to know those things to be able to play that. And I think Sheldon Keith's done a good job of playing that, or surprisingly, Mike Babcock did not. So as I taught my friends that, they know, oh, I can go to the bathroom because the next whistle, 
And then they, they the, you know, after 10 years of teaching, now they go up. Like when the whistle went and I got up, where are you going? Commercial. Right. And I left. <laughs> they didn't know that stuff too. And now they seem like, ah, and then that's where they think to a hockey dad that thinks they know, they realize they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, oh, I just, listen, I, I do it. I'm engulfed in it. I've learned from it. I've gone from the school of hard knocks and learning and, Hey, I'm obsessed with zone entries. You know, it's, it's in, it's kick out, it's drive, it's fake shot, Royal row, watch the jets. They do it better. And Paul Maurice comes on and says, Cooley, I know you love this. I know you love it. He goes, <laughs> he, he goes, he goes the offensive door dad or the uh, zone entry. That's the, that's the candy of hockey zone entries, the Gretzky delay, right? The, um, uh, the fake shot one timer. I'm obsessed now two on two, two people come in two on two and they skate like this and shoot. No, it's the drop and drive. It's dropping high. Like Nashville did a two on two a couple of years ago, two right-handed shots come in righty over righty drop hide and wide up fake shot. Both defensemen stay. If one defenseman goes now to one-on-one, we'd rather have a two-on-two or one-on-one. Both defensemen stayed, wound up, goalie goes down, Royal Road across, one-timer goal. And I clipped that and I said, that's a two-on-two in the NHL. Like, (laughs) watch the Leafs and Matthews overtime winner. You got, there's, they're better. I mean, you're teaching the kids that too. The girls are getting it just slower and slower. Uh, When Team Canada finally did in, kick out, drive, fake shot royal road one timer and scored a goal i said the girls have arrived uh, and that's at the highest level but yeah. they did that and that, and you know what i'm talking about i hope your listeners do but if you don't i think there should be some if i was hockey night in canada or uh, tsn or uh the league i would have fun little peter puck teaching yeah for Absolutely. terminology and what happened on this play and have somebody a cartoon character do it really not just to teach the kids to teach even the 55 year old white males that's yelling at, the, yelling at the tv doing this and this and this the dad that yells shoot yeah <laughs> first of all i had i only saw shin pads and then if i hit the shin pads you'd say why'd you shoot you can't have it both ways so when i take the puck walk the line walk 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 there's still no plate and i bring it back and i throw the frisbee for a deflection that's why we don't take slap shots from the point anymore I'm not inventing this. I'm just stealing it and copying it. And when I've got Rick Tockett coming on and he gets to say, wow, Cooley, I didn't think of that. Or he doesn't say I didn't know. They know. And I'm not trying to ever say you. Anyone can come up with a good idea. The video coach, Drew Kosher, Steve Coolius. I'm watching and doing this stuff and I love it and love it. Just so people know and the parents know, it's not me, it's we. And if you play we hockey, we hockey is winning hockey and that's a message for you kids in the room and most importantly your parents it's not how many goals your kid scores it's how many wins the team gets and when the team wins you'll get points as well apples absolutely oh yeah (laughs) well steve you're not um you're smart dude you're smart you're smart and you mentioned uh paul maurice that's a guy I love to sit down for an hour and just talk hockey, just to pick his brain. I would throw everything at him, everything in the world. But you're a smart guy. You know the game, and I hear it every day, like I said. I love it. Love listening. Okay, I want to quickly two golf questions here, and then we're going to go to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Molson Coors. First, though, do you golf, Steve? I golf not very well. I just kind of, wherever I 
whatever course, hard course, real course, medium course, I always just seem to be the guy who shoots 93, 94, 95. I'm, I'm, I'm golfing great. I finished in 93, 94, 95. I'm not golfing so well. All of a sudden it's par, par, bogey, par. 93, 94, 95. One of my best ever rounds, Angus Glenn, uh, a, a, a PGA Canada course, right? Uh, uh, what's it called? The Canadian, Royal Canadian Open. You know, they played the Canadian Open there. Oh, Canadian Open, yeah. VJ uh, Singh, you know, sh- drives the par four across the lake or whatever. We go around and he drove the lake. Uh, and then when the tournament was over, he said, what do you want? He said, I want um, 24 Molson Canadian is what he said. So it works for you because it's a Molson. No kidding. That's good. Yeah, VJ, that's a true story. Um, but I was at Angus Glenn. I was on a roll. I went with a guy named Glenn McDonald. We worked together to score. And I was on that roll. I was on that roll. And um, I was hitting the 18th green. And I think I was at the 18th green. And I was at 80. 82 18th green angus glenn last hole you know and i'm having that round and the whole the last hole doesn't go so well i end up getting on in six and then i've had like a 23 footer and i'm i'm you know amazed i'm depressed a little i'm like i blew this i blew this and glennie just says just go for it it was up, around, turn, whatever. And I do better at the, the circus putts. <laughs> I hit it up, went around, do, 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 whatever. Boop, boop, through the clown's mouth, by the windmill. Boop. At least the seven was 89. <laughs> I dropped to my knees like Bjorn Borg at Wimbledon. 89 at Angus Glenn. That's my best ever round. But I needed a seven with a 23 and a half one putt to finish with the 89. Glennie and I were dancing on the green, laughing or whatever. And that's a real course. You know what I mean? That's a real yeah. course. So that, to the, my day, is my favorite. 89, Alexander Mogilny. Remember I told you the Mogilny earlier? Mogilny, so that yeah. my, my round. That would have been in that score time frame of 07 to 2012. And it was just a lot of fun. So I love it. Uh, and I, to my fellow hockey people out there, I count every shot. I've golfed with guys. <laughs> They, oh, they, yeah. they miss the bar, but it's they write a four. So you know what? You want to do that, you deal with the big man upstairs. But when I get a five, it's a five. So there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be honest in that game because otherwise it'll bite you in the ass down the road. All right, Steve. Off to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Molson Coors. Course Seltzer's on a mission helping restore fresh water to Canada's rivers through the Change the Course Foundation. Enjoy the Coors Seltzer Mixer Pack with four great flavors, black cherry, mango, grapefruit, and lemon lime, and many more. Please drink and drive responsibly all the time. Okay. Ready to rock? Yep. Worst interview ever slash funniest. Well, the worst interview ever was Chris Drury, and it was last year. He came on. He was terrible. Didn't want to be there. One word in. It was almost as if, okay, so what did I say back in the TV days about Chris Drury? And I almost said, okay, Chris, this is the worst interview I've ever done. And so something's wrong here. So what did I do? Because there must have been something I did. Because I'd rather ask that now. And listen. And if I was really supported by my work, I'm sorry, everyone, that we're not, yeah. right? You know, there's a great TSN story where I asked Jason Spezza about getting traded from Ottawa. And he answered the interview and he did it. And then Ottawa called one of my bosses and he called me and said, why'd you ask him that? I said, cause I'm a journalist. They never said, don't ask him. 
Yeah. And then he didn't back me up. And I thought, oh, that's how it works. They back you up, whatever. So I would have done it, but I didn't feel that I'm really backed up. And it was terrible. So Chris Drury is the worst interview ever uh, that I've ever done. And the funniest, funny, there's been a lot of funny ones. I mean, a lot of funny ones. Oh, boy, funniest, funniest, funniest interview. Oh, boy. I just did a few just recently. I think that my first interview with Shane O'Brien when he came on as a guest, because it was so funny, it led to him being a co-host. And we were talking, basically, he taught the kids out there how to get laid in warm-up by not wearing your bucket and by picking out a section and, and a girl and then telling the trainer, and if they're still there at the end of the game, to send a note and whatever. So that's the funniest. And it led to Shane working with me, and now he's getting rich on his podcast. So let's say Shane O'Brien, and he's done a great job. And I love that segment. Week, weekend at Obi's, that it is. Love that segment. That's a good one. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, ultimate foursome on the golf course. Ultimate foursome. Okay. Everybody does that. Then they don't take their friends and they take people that they don't know. So, you know, my friends and they know who that, if I left, you know, I only picked three. I think that you judge a person by who their friends are. And, I, and I'm lucky. I got great friends. I got great Scarborough friends. I grew up with, I got great Whitby friends and my second family. Uh, friends that I met in the business, right? So you know what I mean? Like you've got all those um, to sit there and go, let's just golf and pick people's brains. I bring Scotty Bowman because Scotty calls me Cooley and I know he listens and must love, he wouldn't come on and say the things that he did. So I'd love to be on with Scotty and he can tell story. Like those, Scotty being on covers me from like 1950 to 2022 <laughs> in, in yeah. hockey stories and everything else. Uh, Foster Hewitt, met him once, obviously passed away. God wanted me to meet him. I met him by accident, a fluke of all flukes. We met, had a conversation, signed an autograph. So I think Scotty Bowman, Foster Hewitt, you know, then you get the broadcasting guy. And then I'm saying, okay, so I need a player. So is it Gordy Howe? Is it Rocket Richard? Is it Wayne Gretzky? Is it Bobby Orr? Is it Connor McDavid? Uh, Joe Sacking, there'll be somebody else. But I think I'll take the easy out and just say Wayne. So if it was Foster, Wayne, Scotty, uh, and you only have to say their first names. So yeah. it's Cooley, Foster, Wayne, and Scotty, and everyone who's listening knows who that is. So how about that foursome at Angus Glenn, where I'll try to beat my 89. That's awesome. I love it. Steve, I love how detailed you are. I, I, this is awesome. This has been a great, good podcast today. I love it. I appreciate it. Next one here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing the, what you do with the, the whole weekend at OBS here. Is Mike okay. Babcock coaching the NHL this year or in the future? I got to say this year, no. And I got to say that because of what he is surrounded by is, is bad, but not career ending, that there'll be a point that someone says he's too good out there. He'll have to eat humble pie. He'll have to take way lesser money and maybe a three-year deal. If he does all those right things, he's too good not to coach considering uh, still the coaches who were in the game. There's not 32 better coaches than Mike Babcock. So not this year, but yes, back. He's still too good, too young, and if he eats the humble pie, he, he returns. How many goals does Alex Ovechkin score this year, and does he break the record? Breaks the record because he's going to stay till he does. I don't care if he's 44, 43, 42. He's going to do it. He's a tank. Uh, this year's proven that at 36, he's going to age well. 
And even if he only ends up scoring 31 years, then 27, then 22, <laughs> he's going to do it. This year, the number is going to be 52. 52 this year. I like it. Austin Matthews, how many goals? Over or under 40, we'll say. Over 40, I think it's just feels like he's got six and 13 that he's played, but the Leafs have played 16. So it's really six and 16. Like you can't make those games up. Yeah. Your pace, his pace is a 40 goal pace, right? It's about half, 13, you know, six, seven and a half. So, you know, and now that it's Nylander, not Marner, Nylander's more of a shooter than Marner's the playmaker. That's going to be, it just feels of always at 52 and Dreisaitl and Ovi and Matthews are the, the three leaders. Feels like my, my range finder is 51 to 47 for Austin, that he is in that range. So that's the range I'm going to stick with for Austin Matthews. Who leads the leading goals? Leon Dreisaitl. Point. He's got a great start. He's got McDavid. He's got, he's, he's feeling it. It's good. The Oilers, the Oilers haven't played those teams yet. Yeah. And when they play those other teams, Seattle, the California teams are going to come back to earth. Um, Vegas isn't healthy. They have to play them. Um, Chicago, uh, Dreisaitl leads the league in goals. McDavid will lead the league in points. Okay. I have three more for you. Cause I don't want to keep you too long, Steve. They said, I appreciate this. Favorite beverage after a round of golf? Now it's going to be Sapporo beer. Sapporo looks like official podcast sponsor of Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcasts. Hey, actually, I'll ask, ask, ask that too. Give yourself a plug there. Yeah, what's that? What's that? Cool and Button, right? Correct? I listen to once in a while. Cool Button Uncensored Hockey Podcast. We're building. We're moving on up. We, we're not chicklets and we're not missing curfew or, our, you know, we're... We're, we're not them, and they do a great job at theirs. We're more, uh, you know, we're more, uh, I don't want to say sophisticated, but we're more X's and O's, doing that stuff, breaking down trades. Craig's got great stories. So everyone needs their niche. That's the niche that I'm in on our podcast. Awesome. Best part about working in TV or radio? The camaraderie. It's our dressing room. It's a camaraderie. It's a show. It's a performance. It's a red light. It's the game is on. Uh, all those types of things. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, sometimes we screw up, sometimes we have a good show. So we go celebrate or we drown our sorrows. So it's a glorified game, just not on the ice. It's on the air. I also lied. I'm the worst at wrapping up interviews. I, I just got another one here. Do you ever want to work as a team, play-by-play -play or color guy? Yeah, the play-by-play -play thing has always been there for me. I think I was in the Oilers mix that led to Jack Michaels. And I think I was part of the final three. And then they asked me honest questions about, you know, staying there forever or, or just doing this job. Not that it's just doing the job, you know, and you know, the angel here said, tell the truth. And then the devil said, lie. And I talked to Dennis Vayak and he said, it's up to you. But if you tell the truth, you'll probably come down a few pegs. Not that I would have got it anyway, but right when I was being interviewed, uh, I got a call from TSN and that's what led to that's hockey tonight. So I was kind of in two job situations. So I thought, I think I've got this one anyway. I got, I, I got the, I got my score show coming to TSN. I'm in Edmonton. 
and um, I'm going to tell them the truth. And then let's see where it goes. And they respected that I did. Jack Michaels got hired. You know, I was in the mix, which is good. I've done Sabre game before. I've done a lot of play-by-play. It all worked out in the end. It's all there. Uh, you know, I was sort of interested in Vegas. I was at Spengler with uh, George McPhee, put out some feelers, and, and, and you kind of see. But I think the way it's worked out, it's good. I like to be multidimensional, host shows, talk hockey, radio, television, play-by-play. So I'm not dismissing it, but it's got to be the perfect, perfect situation. Next question, you just brought it up. The Spangler Cup, walk us through the coat you're wearing and um, anything good, any good story from there. Spangler Cup, great experience. Went there three years. It's great that beer is cheaper than food. Uh, they gave me the jacket after the first year. I was at Center Ice with the trophy, pictures, the hoopla, everything you see on television when you watch the tournament. It's a bucket list event. You got to get there. And the great thing about the Spangler, again, is we do a game. We do a game. You walk through the crowd. They're all touching you, taking pictures. They, they know you. They love you. Bully, they say in their Swiss accents. You walk down the street. I'm like the king of Kensington. Uh, great camaraderie. Beautiful area. Great scenery. And I'm not just talking about the mountains. Uh, and then we go by the fire at the end of the night. We sit by the fire. I can only have a couple drinks because save the voice. And then we go to bed and we do it all over again. That's the Spangler Cup. Well, next time you go, you let me know. I'll come on a flight with you. We'll figure it out. We'll, uh, we'll link up down there. Last question for you, Steve. Advice for a young listener today, and you've gave a ton of good points today on, you know, what it, hard work, dedication, and all that, you know, detail. But let's walk through, you know, whether it's to be a broadcaster or an NHL player or a, a doctor. Just some advice for a young listener today, what it takes to make it in, you know, certain fields. Well, I've been told the world's divided up into kind of three groups, the 10%, the 20%, and the 70. The 10% are the elites, the, some people say gifted or privileged or skid. It doesn't matter because whether you are here or not, I mean, I didn't, I'm not a Rockefeller. I didn't come from that background. I'm a B minus student. You know, I, I took, you know, all these courses just to get to Ryerson to improve my average. I couldn't take math and relations and functions. I wouldn't have passed. I wouldn't have got into a real university. So I have passion and skill. I'm just a tradesman, whether it's a plumber, I'm a talker. So 10, 20, 70, the 70% are just the go to work, get up, phone in sick, don't really care. You know, those are in hockey terms. Is that the American leaguers? Is that the third, fourth liners or whatever? So I throw that out the window. What do you do to be in the 10 and the 20, the movers and shakers, the elite? It's okay to be, a second liner, if that's the best you can be, the advice I give is someone's always thinking and working and trying. What did you do today to be the doctor, to be the plumber, to be the hockey player, to be the broadcaster? Did you take shots? Did you watch video? Did you work out? Did you eat chocolate and drink beer all day and eat pizza? How's that going to get you to the 10 and the 20? So the advice is someone's always practicing and trying. I'm always practicing. Advice at Ryerson from Dr. Jerry Good, one of my teachers who said, very competitive. What are you doing to make it? Because there's a lot of people out there that want this, who wants it more, who's put themselves in that position, and who's going to separate themselves from this guy or girl to that guy or girl. And at that point, that motivation was red lights on, it's showtime, and it's go time. I want that piece of meat in the corner. I want that puck. That's the attitude 
you must have. Or you can be one of the 70 and you can watch us play and listen to us work. Wow. Unbelievable. Steve, I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun today. Um, I'll be, I'll, I'll be waiting for tomorrow morning for a nice uh, little shout out on, off the hosel on the Sirius XM, but uh, no, I appreciate coming on. I want to do it again. If, if you don't mind I had a lot of fun today. Um, like I said, you're detailed, you're focused, you're, you came here today, you were ready to rock and I love it. So I appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Steve Coolius. Yeah. Just send me this. I want to see it, make sure I've got it and uh, shout outs and everything else. Thanks for having me on Drew. You betcha. Take care, Steve. This episode of Off the Hosel is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. Last Mountain Distillery is family owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best selling, naturally infused dill pickle vodka, which is on sale all month long at many places across the province. Also, don't forget to try out their new hibiscus lime vodka only made by Last Mountain Distillery. Alrighty, there it is, episode 98. Steve Coolius. Cooley, as they call him. What a weapon. A um, lot of fun with this one. Talked hockey, talked some golf a little bit, but mainly sports just in general and just really... The one thing I was impressed with Rip was this guy does not take the day off. And he had a lot of good teaching clips about how to like, whether it's hockey or life or when the red light's on, you go to work. Showtime. Yeah, yep. showtime. And, you know, he was great for that and had a lot of fun. Yeah, I, th- I think he kept me on my toes. You know, I was exhausted, and he knew that. But he was great. A lot of fun with it. We'll have him on again right before the, for the Olympic break. Um, yeah, it was fun. Anything? I don't know if you know Steve or if you've seen him or heard him, but uh, any thoughts on the pod there, Rip? Um, don't know much. I know. Steve, he's a grinder, and he's a big advocate for Sam Gerrard, so... <laughs> yeah no steve was awesome okay rip what uh yeah thanks dan steve so appreciate that hope you enjoyed it that was um, steve rip anything else you got here um during a little break there mcdavid scored a 600th point snapped on home must be nice he's 24 years old <laughs> he's got 600 points already yeah he's pretty good hockey let's do that hockey as they say so mcdavid 600 points uh episode 98 rip there it is. We're closing in on 100 here. The great one is next. The great one, 99, and then we're at 100. Um, we couldn't do it without you listeners and our sponsors. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Rip. We'll talk to you next week. You're going on the road. Take some video, some pictures. Bye Enjoy well. the island. Yeah, Vancouver's not nice at all. <laughs> Have fun. Best luck to the to the Cougars. Roll Cougs. Keep rolling. Roll Cougs. Rip, talk to you next week. You bet, bud. Everyone else? We'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.